Welcome to the Little Bird Podcast. My name is Dan Ledbetter, and with me, as always, the lovely and talented founder and CEO of Little Bird Marketing, Priscilla McKinney. Good morning, Priscilla. Good morning. That is officially my best introduction ever. Is it? Well, you, yes. can, uh, well, you can write that down on your card and just give that to people. I think that would I'm going to awesome. put it on my mirror and look at it every day. So. <laughs> I think I'll do that, too, although that would be a little awkward being it was your name, but that's all right. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about this concept that we touched upon in our first podcast, and that was the subject of native genius. And ever since you said that, I've, I've been mulling it over in my head, native genius, native genius. And, and it really has sparked a lot of great internal conversations for me. And so I, I thought we'd just open that up and talk a little bit about that today. Sure. I mentioned that I first heard the term from an amazing speaker, Kristen Wheeler, and absolutely want to give her a shout out. But, you know, you say it sparked a lot of internal conversations, and mm -hmm. I can't agree with you more. I have been thinking about it nonstop since, uh, you know, since I talked with her. And just, um, you know, she basically described it as, you know, your native genius is basically what you can't not do. Mm. And when she first said that, I thought, oh, what an interesting new idea. And then about literally 30 seconds later, I thought to myself, that's not a new idea. I've been trying to claw my way to that, you know, the center of my native genius, my entire professional career. Right. <laughs> and I love it because then I came home and I was struck again. I walk in my house and up in, you know, vinyl lettering on my um, living room, which has been there, you know, for over a decade, live authentically. Wow. You know, uh, you know, I, I have notes everywhere, you know, you know, tell, don't just tell the truth, tell a glorious and profound and excellent truth. You know, these oh, types wow. of things that I like to surround myself with and things that obviously speak to me. Right. So right. that's obviously why this spoke to me. And I'm a little bit tired of people saying, do what you're passionate about. I don't want to, you know, take away from people. I get what they're saying. But honestly, I'm passionate about doing all my stuff, not necessarily working my work job. Right. <laughs> now, obviously, I go to my work job and there are things in it that I'm passionate about. But sure. I'm not passionate about living, you know, working for a living. Right. I'm passionate about... <laughs> someone else paying for a retirement that I don't have to wait for. <laughs> yeah, you know, that would be great if I could sign up for that one. <laughs> but you know what I mean? I'm just trying, I kid about it a little bit, but, you know, people really get into from, you know, what colors your parachute to, you know, I mean, it's, it's nothing new. It, it's been around for decades and decades. And, you know, if you really found that one thing, if you loved it, that's what you do. And that's unrealistic. It, it right. sets people up to be very disappointed with the day in and day out. Yeah, and I think that's been the struggle for me because, you know, you've always heard that uh, that saying, you know, if you had uh, a million dollars and you, mm -hmm. you could do anything you want, what would you do? And I'm going, uh, I'd sit around and eat a bunch of stuff and watch TV for a while, I guess, and then and then I don't know what I'd do. Uh, it's like I, I, I think there'd be a, a 100,000 things that I'd want to do if I had that sort of freedom. Right. And it's so hard to sit there and think, well, you know, I want to get I want to get a business and then go and sign lease contracts and figure out when the cable comes in and then get my network set up and all this. All like you said, all the mundane day to day stuff that has to be managed. That's that's not really 
what I'm passionate about. My passion is, for me at least, is creating and seeing things come to fruition and helping people see their vision. Right. But, but yeah, it's like, you know, having to set my alarm at 6 a.m. every morning and getting up and having to, you know, brush my teeth and put on clothes is not my passion. Right. So at this point in your career, you look back at the trajectory and you see what now seems like an obvious path. But at the time, you didn't know it. You have, you know, weeded out the stuff you don't want to do or the stuff you're unwilling to do, unwilling to lead a mediocre life, having to do that repeatedly. Right. And so it's easy now. And I guess what I loved about her approach is don't do it in hindsight. This idea of tapping into your native genius, do the thing that truly makes you happy. That's true. I'm not saying then just go follow that passion, but she's talking about just even in your day to day. What strikes you as relevant? Mm. What, what next time you're smiling, just stop and notice what is it you're doing? When are you your most perceptive? You know, when people sit back and go, that's a good insight. Mm. And you think, oh, I, that just fell out of my mouth. Right, <laughs> you know? right. Um, when do you think you are the most smart? Maybe you're 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 delivering the smartest version of you. Right, right. Uh, when are you feeling more focused than other moments? Because we all wax and wane. We can't be focused all day long. Sure. And when are you challenged in, in a good way? And I also give a caveat to that because... I also don't believe in the go outside of your comfort zone, always, you know, expand and grow. And I I get it. It's not that I'm against that. I just think that as a golden rule is not great. I do love to play to my strengths. Sure, absolutely. And, And you know, I've, I've always wondered that, too, and you bring up a very good point. I wonder if that's where sometimes people take that saying the wrong way. Mm hmm. And make everything that they do outside of their comfort zone or outside of their core competencies and their strengths and end up getting disappointed. Not only getting disappointed, but frankly, disappointing others. Right. There's a lack of truth and transparency in what people are truly good at. And we've created a culture that almost people feel like they can't say they can't do something. (laughs) That is very problematic. Well, and I think, too, like, if you came to me and said, Dan, I want you to clone a monkey for me, and I'd go, yeah, not a problem, I'll have him for you by next week. Unfortunately, and I go, Dan, I'd probably believe you. <laughs> I know, that's the sad part. And then I'd be, like, on the computer Googling cloning monkeys. Yeah, and that, we've we've really pushed people, I think, as a culture, into that type of a, um, of a mentality where they can't admit that they don't know how to do something. Right. And unfortunately, that person loses because they feel small and have to go figure it out. And then we lose because we don't learn what what are the gifts that this person brings? What are the native genius, you know, aspects that this person could put on the table day in and day out? So, you know, I kind of go back to those things, and I, I don't remember exactly ones I mentioned, but, you know, when you're perceptive, you're focused, you're smiling, you're relevant. Right. Or when you when you see something relevant or what you think relevant is relevant. Um, but I guess it's like when I feel those things well up now, I've, I've, I've tried to put this inner discipline, say, what am I doing when I oh look at this? Here's this feeling. I'm feeling it. Look around you, Priscilla. What are you doing? These are the things that you bring to the table. These are your your you know, this is your native genius. Enjoy it. Right. Exactly. And nobody is delivering 
this particular thing the way you can. Right, exactly. And that's, I think somebody said, um, what did somebody say? It, when you don't show up, the world misses out on the gift that is you. Mm -hmm. Because nobody can be you the way you can. Right. And uh, unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of great things out there with emulating certain business models or certain personalities or certain disciplines and things like that. That's great. But we still have to, in the end, be true to ourselves. And how this relates back to, in my opinion, why this is so important to me is because for my own brand, for my own company, you know, you have to be honest about, you know, what you bring to the table, what you're good at, what's your promise to your client, what are you solving? And you just, you have to get clarity about that. And so I have to do that as a discipline for my own brand. But then it, it, it comes out, you know, differently for me because as a marketing agency, we walk alongside other companies and ask them to get real and authentic right. and deal in right. the, you know, the currency of their native genius and to stop looking around at what the competition is doing to the degree that it alters their unique, you know, brand promise or unique brand positioning. Right. Because if they miss out on that, they will probably miss out on on really the rich stuff that comes from developing a great brand. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And probably the reason they became a great brand in the first place. You know, that's interesting because sometimes people land on their native genius right at the beginning and they veer from it. Right. And right. I, I, that's my story too. So I have a lot of compassion for business owners who, you know, who have been there. So why do you think that is? I think it is a little bit of what I mentioned that our culture puts a lot of pressure on people to conform. And even though it's funny, in the creative industry, they like to act that we're not conformists. But as you and I have you know, talked about in a lot of different ways over the years, there's people who are nonconformists, but in a conforming kind of way. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, they're told, be hip, be relevant, be, you know, useful, be whatever it is that's the going thing. And when you conform to that, even though it's supposed to be the nonconformist trajectory, you're still conforming. And I, I don't know if that's helpful, but to me, I know it's, it's not just a, a manipulation of words. There is really a truth, a core truth that's underneath that. And I do think that we put pressure on companies. We put pressure even on employees. We put pressure on ourselves. We put pressure on our friends. Yeah. Any, you know, everything that happens in our social circles leaks out. And um, it is really odd when you have an experience that someone is in front of you and you are truly engaged in the uniqueness that that person is bringing to the table in that moment. Hmm. I have realized that that kind of interaction is so rare. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. It's, it seems like that's the, uh, that's the exception more than the rule. It is, and it's very conscious decision you have to make, and it is a discipline. Yeah. Now, let me, let me ask you this question, So since we're talking about Native Genius. You know, I think that as people, we can oftentimes go, oh, okay, this is what I'm good at, or this is my Native Genius. Has there ever been a time for you when somebody pointed something out to you that you went, oh, crap, I didn't even think about that, and that's, that really is my Native Genius? Yeah, <laughs> I 
I think those are really the how it happens. Few of us are so awake and alive in our lives that we get to discover ourselves by ourselves. I don't believe that's the way we're made. But right. specifically about that, I believe that your native genius is not this thing. I am a marketer. That is my native genius. I'm so good at it. <laughs> I believe there are these tiny, bite-sized little ways that we interact with things, bite-sized actions, bite-sized decisions. That Those are our native genius. They're not usually, oh, you are such an amazing order or you really know how to make that cold call you know so that's why i think i tried to make the separation earlier is that i don't think it's a passion like a calling or i am here to serve or that's my native genius no that's not it it's the little nuances of how you go about your particular tasks um they seem inconsequential to you right but they're very valuable to others. And um, they're also native genius is if we were to literally just put you anywhere, you put four people in a room, close the door, walk away. What are the things that you cannot help but do? Mm. And so I, I, I kind of preface, you know, your question, I answer your question. Is it have, has somebody else, you know, noticed something about me? And yeah, I am a connector. I always thought I was very social and very gregarious and very, I don't know, you could insert another word probably. (laughs) 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 And I might even let you, but it uh, is really about connecting is a very different thing and it's a nuance of how I do it. So you can say connecting, but someone pointed out that what I can't help but do is see a big dream when I see it or to dream big itself. So someone starts talking to me about this business idea and I'm all, Oh, Oh yeah. And this, Mm. and this. And so then I'll think, well, what about this? How's this going to, and so I start connecting things, but it's not really the connecting. My native genius is that, that I go about the connecting with keeping dreams intact, and I'm I'm like a a, a dream whisperer. <laughs> that's a great way to that's put it. Funny, though. I've never thought of that, but that's basically what you know. People have talked with me is that you know even I've had to make it a rule that this year I'm not allowed to start another business, and I the reason is because I can't help but dream big. I'm a big dreamer. Right, and right. I like it when other people dream big and I am good at fanning the flame when someone's got one going and I'm good at connecting them with the things that could help make it bigger. And so I am a catalyst. Yeah, I think so. I think a catalyst is a great is a great way to put that. You know, for as long as I've known you, mm-hmm. you've always been that person that if somebody somebody has an idea or comes up with a concept, even if it's just joking around. Right. It's like you have this ability to fan that flame and to, you know, pour gas on a fire, so to speak. And exactly. like it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's and it's infectious. And I think that's what is so um, perfect mm-hmm. for you being, you know, the, the head of, of a marketing company. It's like that is really your job. And your job is your joy and it is your you know, for lack of a better term, your passion, because it just, it just naturally springs forth out of you. Right. And I always thought these were separated little 
modules of ways that I operated. They're not. Right. They're completely interconnected, and they they comprise this unique way that I go about talking to people and helping them see and weed out what is good in their idea and what is not going to amount to anything. Right. And I don't feel like I go in and say, oh, that's good, that's not. I just say, really, how? How would you do it? How? And then if an idea fizzles out, it fizzles out. That's its own the idea has its own life. Right, right. But if you can sit there and stoke it and stoke it and stoke it, then there's something there. Right. And so you can, I've learned that because of my native genius, you know, there's a lot of pressure in marketing and in my whole creative, you know, world that we live in to really produce something, you know, and it's almost like you go and you create it, like little gods, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And I've realized that that pressure is not only unrealistic, but it's also not true. Because Mm. I believe that ideas have little lives of their own, and they come up and they spark. And if if there's something to them, if they've got some shelf life, you know, then you'll be able to, you know, to get them going. Right. But if they fizzle out, it's not because you're a horrible marketer or because you don't have a creative bone in your body or whatever, or this person's idea stinks. It's probably because that particular idea didn't really have the legs. And mm. so being a catalyst is helpful in that you don't put pressure on the idea. You put pressure on the, the system of ideas, mm. like of how I, I, you rely on how ideas work. Right, And so you don't right. feel like you have to go into it being like, here it is, and I've delivered it, and it's a marketing strategy with six points. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but people will tell you they want to pay for a marketing strategy with six it, points. So you've got to really, you know, work that out. <laughs> exactly. Well, now, how would you, like, we, we only have just a few minutes left, but I wanted to touch on this for sure, was... When you look at your company, when you look at Little Bird Marketing, what would you say if you had to break it down to three native geniuses that your company possesses, what would you say they are? Well, I think as a company, what we offer and what comes out repeatedly is at the very beginning, what I mentioned is that we are catalysts. Someone comes with an idea and they say, we need your help. And so we say, well, let's Let's stoke it up a little bit. Let's see if there's something here. And then the second thing we do, if there's an idea and if we want to go forward, we start connecting. That really is, um, you know, to connect this this smaller idea to several bigger ideas. Okay, this is great, but how could it be more connected, more organic, more, um, how can it start developing a life of its own. So we start connecting these ideas. Maybe this one goes with this and start building almost like a library of, of thoughts and, 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 and things that could happen in a brand and in, in a company. And then the last thing is really, I mean, it's what we're paid to do. We execute it. Mm. And I think that's, what's a very interesting thing. We talked last time about what a weird business owner I am and what a weird anomaly (laughs) I am. I like the books. I like those things, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm right and left brained. And, um, so the execution is, is so important. Um, but 
if you don't know what you're executing and you're just hiring executioners, you're not going to have the product you were hoping for at the end. So both are equally important. And I see in a lot of agencies, either the creative or the execution really take over. It's what mm. it's they're one type of firm or the other. And it is hard to go in between the two to really inspire and create and think big and this. And then, you know what? You got to do this project on this date. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got to make that transition. And I do think that as a company, that's our native genius is that, you know, we are really smiling. We are really putting out our most smart face and being the most perceptive and, you know, we stay focused when the projects are in that wheelhouse that they're, they're, we can really take it, expand it, or we can connect it to ideas. And then we can just say, okay, let us make this happen. Now the plan is here. Let's just work the plan. Mm. Well, Priscilla, thank you so much for coming out again this morning uh, and taking the time to do this podcast. It's always a pleasure to sit down and talk with you and, and go over these concepts because as we're talking about it, I know I discover my own native genius, even in the midst of this. So it's really been great. So thanks so much. Would you come back and do this again? Absolutely. Well, listeners, we would love to hear your feedback and hear some of the things you'd like to hear us talk about. So you can always leave us a mention on our Facebook page, on uh, the Little Bird website, or wherever you download this podcast from. So for Little Bird Marketing, home of cage-free thinking, my name is Dan Ledbetter, along with Priscilla McKinney, saying have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.